there are three questions that when you ask these questions, the minute you set up that first appointment, that first discovery call or demo, it can make all the difference in expediting your deals. On this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're going to go there. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 70,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our upcoming webinar on February 9th, 2024, and we're going to be talking all about how to keep your uh, your deals from stalling and expedite the ones that already have stalled. And uh, I'm going to talk to you all about it at the end of the podcast. If you happen to be impatient like I am and you'd like to learn a little bit more now, feel free to visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash expedite. So today, we're going to take a little bit of a different turn. And we're going to talk about some stuff that we usually don't talk about here. And I want to start by mentioning an old saying in sales and the old saying goes something like this and you've probably heard it a million times and it's something along the lines of and i'm probably butchering the shit out of this it's something along the lines of the close starts long before we ask for the business now the problem with old sayings in sales especially ones that we find us ourselves nodding our heads in agreement is that many times while we're nodding our head in agreement, we're, we, we've heard it so many times that we've just accepted the saying. We haven't really asked ourselves, okay, you know, do I really know what this means? You know, almost like those words. Did you ever find that there are certain words that, or might even be a word, singular, that you're using, and if really push came to shove, you, you you couldn't define the word. You kind of know how to use it, but you can't define it. And then shit, there's even words that we've all used and it's like, yeah, that's fucking wrong. That's not what it means at all. So um, the problem that can happen sometimes also is not only that we don't really know what that means. It's we're not asking ourselves, okay, I know what it means, But how can I really embrace this philosophy? So again, the philosophy that we're going to attack today, and we're going to go at it from an angle that you're not expecting, is the close starts long before the ask. Now, let's kind of examine the meaning of that phrase, that the close starts long before we ask for the business is actually a crucial mistake that happens. A lot of people think that that means exclusively that, you know, you know, a lot of people are taking it as it starts, the close kind of starts during maybe the needs analysis phase or, you know, when we're building rapport. And you know what? You're not wrong if you feel that way. It's certainly 
you know, that's going to be earlier than the moment when we're asking for the business. So it's you're not wrong, but it actually takes place a lot earlier than that. In fact, the close really takes place long before that initial meeting. And it happens if we were to trace it all the way back. I mean, it, it goes back to that initial courtship when we're trying to get the meeting. Right. So and you could actually even argue before that when maybe a potential client comes across your brand and you on LinkedIn and and, you know, what you're all about. But today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how the close actually starts when you're asking for the appointment and knowing that what can you do when you ask for the appointment to make that sale go a lot smoother and actually, believe it or not, expedite the close. So there are three questions that I want you to ask the minute you set an appointment. And question number one, it has to do with, now if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I've kind of talked about this one a lot. So you got to stay with me on this because the next one I can promise you I've never spoken about and today is the actual first time ever that I've addressed this. So stay with me. Question number one involves getting the right people into the meeting. When we get the right people into the meeting, we can save a lot of bullshit and a lot of lost time and everything. Now, you might be taking that as, yeah, duh, right? I mean, sales 101, get the decision maker into the room. Um, You're not wrong, but I'm really going beyond that. And if you want even more detail on this and another approach, uh, this is episode 391. You'll want to check out episode 390 because I get into yet another way of getting the right people into the room. But to me, my definition of the right people in the room extends beyond the decision maker. As I've said many, many times, the decision maker is so, so important, right? And this is the part where you say, duh. Now, what the decision maker is important for is important to know because you're going to realize that there's something that they're not important for, that they they miss many times. So, of course, they're important for, you know, making the final say, duh. For signing POs, duh. Signing checks, duh. The next part, maybe it gets past us or whatever, but I'll give you kind of a preemptive duh on this one too. But they're also important to getting people internally to fall in line and cooperate with you. Removing speed pumps, speed bumps, not pumps. And also, you know, of course, internal politics and things like that. So yes, absolutely, the highest level decision maker is important. But where they fall short is, you know, many times the person at that level is not experiencing the discomfort or pain or understanding the opportunity in something the same way as somebody at ground level would be experiencing. So I want you to think about that. Now, one of the things I talked about last week to kind of help you is I think of three levels of people. 
I think of, and and of course, there's the person I'm speaking with, right? But I think of up, down, across. Now, up would be somebody who's above them, right? Duh. So for me, I'm targeting different levels. But let's just say I find myself for sales training speaking with a sales manager about doing some sales training for the company. Okay. Up, right? Moving up the ladder, a sales manager usually reports to a VP of sales. So that's going to be my up. It could even be a chief revenue officer, like, and that's two levels up. But when I'm thinking up, I'm thinking all the relevant steps up from that person, okay? So that's up. Now there's down. Down is going to be anyone that would report to that person. So Again, in my world, I'm speaking with the sales manager. Sales reps would report to sales management. If it's inside sales, right? It could be, you know, an SDR or, you know, uh, an account executive. Again, it really depends what kind of company that I'm speaking with. Now we have a cross. A cross is the peer level. And it's very important, too, because peer level can put peer pressure on them. And it's coming at them from somebody else on their level where they can, you know, when you're at the same level as somebody in a company, you know, and I've even had it, too, where people said to me, come on, Paul, cut the bullshit already. And it's coming at me from a peer. It's not disrespectful from somebody who's reporting to me. It's not condescending because it's somebody above me and kind of putting me down. It's somebody that kind of many times came up with me in the trenches or whatever. So it's, it's very, very important that you have that across. Across in this context would be another sales manager. Across can also be other people on an executive committee. So if you're dealing with C-level, right? It could be other people that are involved in that, that are impacted by a decision like this or a solution that you're offering. So I kind of going into it. And again, if you caught the podcast last week, you're like, hey, that's great, Paul. You mustn't had a, you know any new content this week because you just basically said the same shit you said last week. Ah, but there's more. So now when it comes to asking for access to other people. This is where, when I coach sales reps, a lot of sales reps kind of really fall short and they miss it. And many times when we're examining a deal or sometimes we do actual live coaching calls where I'm listening in on their calls and then we kind of review the call afterwards. A lot of times, you know, I'll ask somebody, hey, if you don't mind me asking, why didn't you ask for access to other people? to join in on that meeting. Well, I felt funny and I felt awkward or like I was almost saying to the person, okay, Skippy, I don't need to talk to you. I want to talk to the people with real power. You know, you're, you know, just the dipshit in the mailroom. You know, you have no power here, whatever. So there is a way that I developed to ask for access that I've never had anybody say, whoa, 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 you know, back up. You're out of line, dude. I've never had that. So the first thing that I did years ago was I came up with a way to ask for access. Now, this is part one, because when I tell the rest of the story, 
I found that part one wasn't enough. It needed a part two because it was falling short and it wasn't getting the results that I knew it could get, right? So part one is I simply ask when I'm making the appointment, when you're setting that appointment, who else besides yourself should join us, right? It's really as simple as that. Who else besides yourself should join us? Now, years ago, when I came up with this whole idea, like I said, I noticed that it was falling short, that we were missing out on some things. And in some cases, a lot of the time, there was this awkward silence after I asked the question. Or there was, you know, like, I, 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 like almost like, I, I can't think of that right now. And when I really thought about it, and I started thinking about almost like brain activity in that moment, in that moment, when we're asking that question, they're really not thinking about that. So they kind of now have to struggle to come up with that. And if you think that, you know, um, I'm kidding around here or I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, imagine if I was talking to you right now and I said, hey, listen, look around your room. In fact, do this exercise. And I've stolen this one. This is like an old Tony Robbins thing. And, you know, I want you to look around your room and make note of everything that is blue everything in your room that's blue like right now i'm looking around my room and believe it or not i did this lovely shade of almost like a pastel blue on my walls and and it has a calming effect by the way i'm not the prick i used to be it's kind of you know that or you know taking more of my meds right and i don't want to do that so i look around more and because i'm a slob right now right here in front of me in fact i want you to hear the the crumpling of it uh there is an empty bag a blue bag of pretzels yeah i'm a fucking slob i just realized that that's my takeaway from this exercise but i'm looking around i got lots of things that are blue hey i just found this other thing right here on a shelf that i have and it's a blue piece of paper with all my goals written out the year that i finished 12th out of 375 sales reps so i got lots of things the the lid for a giant tupperware storage thing where i was putting some old business papers in to preserve them so um, now i want you to look around your room you know everything that is blue that's around you right now and take the next minute looking around what's blue make a note is there something right in front of you behind you now once you do that tell me everything that's brown what yeah what's brown what the fuck you were just focused on everything blue and right there ladies and gentlemen is what happens on the phone when we ask that question who else besides yourself it can come up empty because they weren't thinking about it they didn't have it on the brain the conversation was going down a different road all of a sudden who else i, I, I don't know right and that's what might happen other people are great man they can rattle that shit off in their sleep so here's what you want to do to maximize that question still ask the question who else besides yourself should join us but add this in there perhaps the word perhaps perhaps and then what you're going to do is give them another two to three categories of people that should join the reason why is that I believe the brain to be almost like a giant filing cabinet, if you will. 
and it files away according to category. And when we offer a category, it helps jog their memory. They open up that fi- that mental file cabinet and they go, oh, shit, you know, Jamie in accounting and whatever, you know, Nancy in meditation and morale or whatever the fuck, right? So what you want to do here, let's take my situation again. Again, I sell sales training. So what I might do is I might say, who else besides yourself should join us on the 19th? Perhaps your VP of sales, some of your sales reps, perhaps other sales managers. Now, to help me and jog my memory, by my phone, I simply have written down, up, down, across. When I get to the moment, when I'm setting the appointment, I just look at that and it jogs my memory of who to ask for. And if you notice the way I said this, I said, perhaps your VP of sales. Well, if I'm talking to a sales manager, that's up. Some of your sales reps, that is down. Other sales managers, that's across. So that's what I do. Now, one other thing about this concept, and then we're going to get into some brand new material. So stay with me. Um, This question of who else besides yourself should join us, you ask it throughout the entire sales cycle. Now, you might be thinking, no, I ask it in the beginning to get access to the key players and, and, you know, every, you know, the other stakeholders and all. And yes, you're right. But there's so much more to it. And the reason why you ask this throughout the entire sales cycle is because hopefully as you go along, you've built trust. You have a higher level of rapport and credibility. I would hope that, you know, throughout the sales cycle, later in the sales cycle, that you have a higher level of trust than when you were setting the initial appointment and asked for that kind of access, right? So that's the first reason why you're asking for access throughout the, at the end of every meeting throughout that sales cycle. But also the other reason why is because the complexity of the deal can and will change requiring other people that should be offering their input. So that's why you do it, okay? Let's get into question number two. And question numbers two and three are actually gonna be joined at the hip. So what you're going to do, here's another phrase that I want you to write down. The first phrase was, who else besides yourself perhaps, and then you fill in the blank of two to three categories of people. The next phrase you're gonna write down is, before you go, again, the phrase is gonna be before you go, because you're gonna probably, and, and by the way, this th- these questions I'm talking about really work best if it's during a phone call. You're setting the appointment from a cold call, a warm call, lukewarm call, whatever you wanna call it. But you're gonna use the phrase, hey, before you go, now you're wrapping up the call. And what you're gonna do is here, you're gonna say, before you go, two super quick questions. And question number one is going to be, you know, granted I called you, but what prompted you to wanna set up a meeting to talk about this? So again, and I'm gonna tell you where this is a big shift because you might recognize that phrase from my training 
And I'm going to explain why it's different now. So before you go, two super quick questions. First of all, if you don't mind me asking, granted, I, I was the one that called you today. What prompted you to want to set up a meeting on this? The reason why I asked that question is because it, it helps us get right to the point. I know what's most important to the prospect before that meeting ever takes place. And the reason why that's important, because now I can gear a lot of my needs analysis questions and you know my demo around that pain point or opportunity point, if you want to look at it that way. And I also think that it's very important minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, a meeting of sorts that we're able to immediately zero in and please pay attention to this next part. Zero in on what's most important to them. That to me in- dramatically increases the value of that meeting. What, busy executives don't want to play a fucking guessing game of 20 questions of you know what's bothering them. And I just ask it right out. Now, you might be saying, but Paul, we've heard you say this phrase before. Granted, I called you. What prompted you to take this meeting with me? Um, you know, in the past, the way I taught it was ask it during that first meeting. Now I'm realizing that I, I believe it's too late to ask the question that you can certainly ask it then if you want. And I get great answers to it. But I began thinking about that only within like the last year. I'm like, holy shit, for like the better part of, I think, like 27 years, I've been asking that question. Granted, I called you. What prompted you to take this meeting with me? I thought, wouldn't it be a lot more valuable if I knew before that actual meeting what's on their mind and what they want to talk about and what problem they want to eliminate? So to me... Again, the more information I can have prior to that meeting, the better. Last but not least, I actually had somebody say this to me, and I don't want to put anybody down, nor will I mention any names, but somebody said, but couldn't you find this out doing your homework? No, I can't fucking find that out doing my homework. I might be able to, but but do you really think on, on the quote-unquote interwebs, there's going to be a full log of what's on Mr. or Mrs. Decision Maker's mind? No. You know, I might get an inkling of of why they're, you know, considering a change right now. Yes, I might have come across a trigger event that could have me assume that's why they're they're meeting with me. But um, you know what they say about making an assumption, right? When you make an assumption, <laughs> you make you make a you make an ass out of you an umption. And I stole that from a movie. And that was like an early Samuel L. fucking Jackson movie um, with Gina Davis, believe it or not. The Long Kiss Goodnight. And he used that phrase, and I just absolutely love it. So um, shout out to Samuel L. fucking Jackson. But anyway, so question number two begins with, hey, before you go, two super quick questions. And find out you know, what prompted them to agree to that meeting with you? And one other thing, the reason why I like to say, granted, I called you is because years ago when I was doing that, using this tactic face to face, before I would say, granted, I called you, 
people, I swear to you, said this to me. Well, I don't know. You called me. And, of course, I never said this. But it really aggravated me to the point that I wanted to say, are you fucking kidding me? So that that's why we're meeting right now. Anybody who fucking asks for a meeting gets a meeting with you. That's the reason why we're both taking time out of our day, right? I couldn't say that, but I wanted to in my heart of hearts. So that's question number two. And I said it's really joined at the hip with question number three. And here's why. Question number three can either be a continuation question, getting them to elaborate on their answer to what prompted you to agree to a meeting with me. And what I mean by continuation questions, we ask continuation questions to encourage the other person to elaborate or continue, right? So it's things like when somebody answers, oh, wow, could you give me an example of that? How so? Um, There are certain circles where people say that you could say something like, really? I don't like to say that. I think it's lame. I think of... uh, I think of that whole thing with uh, Dr. Evil and Scott was going really and he'd go really you know like they're going back for I just think it's lame it can work but you know could you give me an example of that you know could you could you give me a little more detail on that how so um, you could even but you have to be careful of this one silence is a very powerful tool to use human beings Maybe some aliens too, but I haven't met any. Uh, human beings have this need to fill in silence out of nervousness. And if I were to ask you, who do you think typically fills the silence between a prospect and a sales rep? Um, I bet you you would say it's usually the sales rep. They have this nervous need. So what you want to do is when you're utilizing silence, don't speak. And let them fill it in. And sometimes out of nervousness, they're giving you an unfiltered, very truthful answer out of nervousness. The filter and the, you know, the protection device goes off and you get the unfiltered, raw, real answer. Um, The reason why you want to be careful of silence, especially during a phone call, is if you there's some people that put too much silence in after and yeah, the other person's going to think something's wrong with you. Like seriously, if you're sitting across from someone and you ask them a question and they, you know, like, like they ask you a question, you answer it and they're just staring at you. I mean, how long before you say, this guy's fucked up? Like, did he get hit in the head or something today? Or like, you'd want to like reach a hand, like reach across to them, pat them on that, say, hey, bless your heart, man. You know, I, you know, I always wanted to meet with Forrest Gump here, right? So you got to be careful of it. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because I actually uh, worked very briefly on a consulting basis with an imbecile who did that. And, you know, it, it was like the stare down. And finally, um, we're staring each other down afterwards, like this whole silent shit that he was doing that he read in some 1972 fucking training book. I, I said to him finally, I go, I realize you think whoever speaks first loses and all that, but I have, I have a need to say this. 
you know, I, I, I don't know if I find it comical or downright, you know, offensive that you would pull some kind of monkey style fucking kung fu on me like that move with the silence. You know that I've been in sales for a long time. You know that I've been a respected sales trainer. And to me, when you do that shit, you're doing the equivalent of that lame fucking move. Machio, Machio, whatever the fuck his name was. The end of Karate Kid. When he gets up with his hands like that in a crane position or whatever it is, of course he's going to kick you. Of course, but do you think he's going to punch you with both hands, with both palms pointed down? There's only one thing he can do, and he can snap kick you at that point. Like, how did that, you know, like now I'm getting mad thinking about it. How did his opponent fall for that shit? That's almost like along the lines of, dude, man, your shoe's untied. He looks down, and then you go and you, you sucker punch him and knock him out. But anyway, but that, that's, that's when I spoke about it. But yeah, you have to be careful with silence. So there you have it, folks. There are three questions that we talked about that you should embrace at the very beginning, the moment that you are setting the appointment because it can truly expedite the deal. How so? Well, I don't know. Getting the right people in the room is kind of important and saves a lot of time, right? And it's you avoid all this, yeah, I'll talk to my boss about it. Yeah, okay, you will, right? And if you do, legitimately, it's really not your job to sell it. It's mine, and I could do a much better job. Not that you're going to say that to him, but getting that person in the room and having that, you know, that, that conversation and access could be very, very important. So we talked about that. We talked about this concept to help you think about who to get in the room, up, down, across, and then question number two, and the phrase that we're going to use, hey, before you go, two super quick questions. And you don't wait for them to get, you know, to, to give approval. You just keep moving. Barrel right ahead on that one while you have momentum going. And, you know, question number one is, hey, granted, I called you, but what prompted you to want to go ahead and meet and talk about this? And question number two, which actually I just realized I didn't give you the second option. Question number two Option number one could either be a continuation of, you know, getting them to elaborate on their answer. How so? Could you give me an example? Could you give me a little more detail? That kind of stuff. But option number two here, instead of a continuation question, could just be another question based on your research that maybe would be helpful if you knew more about it and they elaborate a little more now, you could come to that first meeting a lot more on the level of being locked and loaded before you guys go i just want to remind you that and actually wait a minute i want to tease you a little i gave you three questions there's actually a fourth question that you're going to ask before um you have that meeting and this one i guarantee you is going to blow your mind because I don't know if I want to give away too much of this. It's not a matter of so much what the question is. It's to whom it's asked, right? So hopefully I'm teasing you a little bit there. We have a webinar that's going to be coming up February 9th, 2024. If you happen to be listening at some point in the future, it um, you can certainly access the recording through this link but we have a whole webinar that's going to be coming up on the 9th and we're going to be talking all about 
how you can expedite your deals, keep them from stalling out. And when they do stall out, how can we, you know, kind of revive them and, you know, clear and get them off of that flat line and get them back on track? It's going to be coming up on February 9th. We're going to be talking about four things to do immediately after setting the appointment. And they're different than, you know, additional things from what I taught you today. But these things that we're going to be focusing on help with urgency. They're going to reduce your no-shows and most importantly, set the tone for a smoother sale. One thing to ask for whenever you have a face-to-face meeting, whenever you have that first meeting and it's a face-to-face, and I know some of you guys are actually not just doing the virtual thing, you're meeting with some people face-to-face. I promise you this thing that I'm going to teach you, pretty much nobody does, and it is so valuable that you do it, right? So important. The next thing we're going to get into, you ready for this? 20 preventative measures to reduce the probability of a stalled sale. I did not want this webinar to be all about, okay, it's stalled out, what do you do? I want to talk about things you could do to prevent them from, you know, stalling out. I mean, the old saying also, speaking of old sayings, when it comes to objections, really the best way to handle an objection is to avoid getting one in the first place. To me, the best way to deal with a stalled sale is to avoid having it stall out or take longer than it should in the first place. Then this next part is going to be super duper uh, valuable to you. And I bet somebody 10 bucks that I could work the phrase super duper into the podcast. And uh, we're going to get into a 10-point follow-up sequence complete with templates and scripts. This is so important for you guys because I can tell you as a business owner and when I'm involved in a deal, when I'm the buyer, there's an awful lot of calling the check-in, just circling back. And there's, there's not a whole hell of a lot of value in that type of communication. And it lends itself to being disregarded and deleted. So we're going to introduce a follow-up system that is going to, you know, keep people engaged. And last but not least that I want to say about that whole follow-up sequence, I believe that there is a part of the sale where you're most vulnerable. And I'm dead serious. You are the most vulnerable between meetings because you're not there. And you're not there to guard against people whispering in their ear and, you know, convincing them to go in another direction or just to keep embracing the status quo or to just get caught up in other shit and not be thinking about what you guys have been talking about. So I've designed a follow-up sequence that can help with all that. And then last but not least, I've been trying with my training to bring you guys into the 21st century. We're going to talk about how you can use chat GPT to um, have endless follow-up messaging. And I'm going to give you some prompts that'll help you out. Like It's probably like three prompts, I believe, that I have for you. If you'd like to learn more, and I'm hoping you do, because some of you guys had a shitty January. And, you know, what happened? I mean, and I'm not knocking you for having a shitty month. I'm knocking you for not doing anything about a shitty month. I mean, we all started the year. Yeah, this is going to be the best year ever. And I'm stepping into the best year of my life. And then on average, by the third week, most people tap out and they go right back to the same shit they were doing before. So 
this will definitely help you get things back on track and if things are going well help you to like get you know maybe level up that would be a good thing please visit yourselvesplaybook.com slash expedite all one word all lowercase levels or levels all lowercase letters i will not edit that out yourselvesplaybook.com slash expedite with that, I'm Paul Castain from YourSalesPlaybook.com. I am wishing you an incredible week ahead. Go get them. The Sales Playbook Podcast is a Castain Training Systems production. Be sure to sign up for our free sales tips by visiting YourSalesPlaybook.com slash subscribe.